following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, RadioLawTalk.com. It's the 20th of April, 2019, and I hope wherever you're listening to us throughout the United States, that it's as beautiful and uh, gorgeous out as it is outside our windows. We hope you have beautiful flowers, trees, and streams to look at. Those of you in the city, just get in the car or take a bus or do whatever and get out and look at the beautiful country. We live in a gorgeous country. I, I'm, a positive, I'm a PMA guy, positive mental attitude, mental attitude. At least I try to. Not all the time. Not all the time. But, you know, what a gorgeous country. What a beautiful – and I'm not talking about just the people. I'm not – I'm talking about just the land, the desert. I was talking to a friend who is works for the Bureau of Land Management, and he is he just got put in southern Utah, a place called Kanab, Utah, if you've never been there. That's down south near, uh, near Arches National Park, near, you know, Zions National Park. And he just said – he said, it is so beautiful, the Red Rock – back there. It's gorgeous. Mm. And outside where we are, it's got the beautiful rolling hills, the oaks, the flowers. Denise has uh, just commented that if you guys could see outside of our window, our studio uh, window, that nobody, by the way, knows, kind of hardly knows where our studio is. We is the sheep are roaming in the high green grass and eating the grass. And, and we could probably sleep here and look outside and just let the music play for all of our uh, listeners. That, that, that would work. By the way, you know, our studio, just to tell you where it's at, you drive until you're directly under the Earth's sun, then turn left. And that's where we're at. <laughs> nowhere is nowhere is visible from here. We're not in the middle of nowhere, but it's visible from it where we visible. are. It is visible. Yeah. Just remember, if you need to uh, talk to someone about a case, please contact your local lawyer. We're talking about general topics of law. Uh, it's always good to go to our website at www.radiolawtalk.com, play this exact music, and read our disclaimers. The disclaimers are a myriad of interesting and factual things that are going to make you just lay there and sleep Forget about counting sheep jumping over the fence. This is it. You know, they, we, we say you know we, we're not giving legal advice. There is one piece of advice that we gave last week, and it's the first time we've ever done that. And I thought that this was a good, salient piece of advice, which is the last person you would ever want to take legal advice from is the person who's trying to say, you can't sue me. <laughs> There you go. We had the issue with the with the guy that got thrown from the mechanical bull. Yes. And there was the waiver, and he called in to say, well, they told me I couldn't sue him because I signed a waiver. Okay, the last person you should take advice from is the bar telling you that you can't sue them because you signed a waiver. So you get in a car accident with somebody, the guy that hit you says, oh, you can't sue me. You go, yeah, your credibility is not really high yeah, with me right You know, right I now. think yeah. I might want to look into this. I would not be, I would not be taking legal advice from the person that might be liable for your injuries. That's a pretty smart piece of advice. You're <laughs> That's giving. some great advice you're giving to our <laughs> that, listeners, that Bob. is, and it's oh. general. It's not specific. So I think we're That's okay not with quite that. as good as the advice I gave to listen to the alien shows late at night. Well, no, no, but that's still salient advice. I haven't been able to stay up that late. 
I haven't. You've never driven across like Nevada or across the plains in in Middle America all night with your buddy or your your girlfriends and just driven? No. No, I've never listened to the alien shows ever. Uh, Denise, and I, have and a, I know that they exist. Oh yeah, I have a radio that actually will record and time shift programs like a TV DVR, so you can record the, the late night shows and then listen. And you know what? It's just not the same during the day. No, it's not. It's just not. Yeah. Uh, Charles, <laughs> I, I'm calling in from uh, Area 51, and <laughs> right now there's a ship in front of me that the that has lights and and, and uh, uh, no, that's a police officer. Go ahead and just listen to what he says. <laughs> the red and blue lights flashing everywhere. It's isn't that what's the other joke that's popular on the internet now? Where a, a guy, a wife calls her husband and says, "Honey, there's someone going the wrong way on the freeway," and he says. No, you're wrong, honey. There are thousands of them. <laughs> oh, that's what's going to happen to me someday when I age up. All right, we're going to talk about uh, we're, we're, we're going to talk about admission scandal. Johnny Depp. In fact, I was on the. In fact, you listened to my uh, the radio show with yeah. Mary Jane Pop. Give yes, her a shout pop out. Off. Pop mm-hmm. off. They put me on a show for a half hour and interviewed me about you know my life a little bit about radio law talk and and one of the things she talked about she asked me is what is the most interesting thing you talk about on radio law talk what's the topic that always pops up and one of my first things i had to sit there and think and i said denise on the roof that's different that's different that's different Ooh, those of you who are Ooh. Denise is thinking one time. One, one time. time. <laughs> I told you we drove past the roof. My husband and I, he said, let's go take a picture on the roof. Uh, I'm sorry, Fred. I, I derailed you. What was your answer? No, I think that's a good setup for our listeners. Now they're wondering, and we're not going to tell them yep. about that. You have to go back and listen to the, some of the old shows, and Denise talks about being on the roof. And, you, and we're not going to get in detail because Cal had to hit the dump button multiple times. Oh, man, it was scary. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like Morris code. <laughs> it was funny because that was at a point when we were all, like, doing disclosures and trying to, you know, kind of learn more about each other. Confessions. And everybody yeah. confessed something, and that's right. We can use it against everybody. That's exactly <laughs> Actually, I was not here that day. Mm. I was gone that day because I remember coming back the following week and everybody's talking about Denise and the roof. And I was, what did I miss last week? And <laughs> thank heaven I missed last week. <laughs> All I got to say, Todd, we got so much on you. Oh, you yes, need yes. Here, here, yeah, you here was Todd's confession. Todd has a kitty. <laughs> right. Todd does have a kitty. Tell us, Todd, by the way, this is anecdotal. So not last week, but the week before you were down at Warner Brothers Studio. Those of you who don't know, he's an actual SAG person, right? Uh, uh, are you not? Are you no, a SAG? No. I, I am not. I'm, I'm SAG eligible. I am not a member of SAG because okay. yeah. at, at this point, if I became a member of the Screen Actors Guild, um, then I would be forced to do only union work. And I'm in the Northern California area where there's still a lot of non-union work to be done here, so it, it, it doesn't behoove me to join at this point. Okay, so you're not a member of that, but you went down to the Warner Brothers Awards. Tell us, I mean, you, I, did, I did. you kind of hung out with some of the celebrities. Well, well, so the Young Actors Awards were last uh, a week ago last Saturday. That was down held down in Burbank on the Warner Brothers lot, and basically it's the young actors between the ages of eight, and they're different categories, but it's basically eight all the way up to I think twenty, and it's 
it's it's like a mini Oscar awards ceremony. Best actor, best eight year old, eight to eleven year old in a supporting role, best eight year old in a leading role. And you know, it starts out with the the awards show starts out with some of the YouTubers getting stuff, but then by the end, look, there's a movie with Charlize Theron called Tully, and it's about her nanny that comes in, and the girl that won Best uh, Female Actor between the ages of 8 and 11 was the girl who played her daughter in Tully. Another kid who won, there's a there's a show called Lethal Weapon that I believe is on either ABC or Fox. I think it may be uh, CBS, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. and, and there's a teenager that won for his role in Lethal Weapon that comes back. And so, I mean, mainstream movies on television, um, TV movies and stuff, these kids were getting awards, and I was there watching the whole and thing. He so was I a- have a question. Yeah. Were you a chaperone? <laughs> no, no, no I, he was oh. actually arrested. Oh, <laughs> I, I, it's a stalker. <laughs> What's that guy doing here? Uh, excuse I, I me, was, I'm a radio law talk host. Yeah, let's get security on I, this. I, I was, I was there to come. Have a kitty. <laughs> All right, we're going to be back and talk some law. We're going to do case or no case right when we start up next hour. So thanks for listening to our anecdotal fun here on Radio Law Talk. Denise Dirks, yes. myself, Fred Penny, and, and Todd Cunin will be back. You are listening to Radio Law Talk and on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. You can call the show if you'd like, too, and we'll be right back. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. 
You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. It's time for our listeners' favorite part of Radio Law Talk. That is, case or no case, roll it. Now it's time to play case or no case. Now it's time to play case or no case. Wow. You got nimble fingers in there, huh? No. I'm a dope sometimes, that's all. Uh, but not on case or no case. Not on case or no case. Today I'm going to take you to Kalispell, Montana this hour. Beautiful, beautiful part of the country. It is gorgeous. And home of uh, radio station KOFY. The big talker there, I believe, is KOFY. And they don't, co- they don't carry us, Cal. But not yet. I'm sure they're on the list of, uh, of contacts. So, okay. Dale Eberling is a sheep man. And one of his little critters got away from him, got away from the flock, so he jumped in his F-350 and went looking. F-350? Well, it's, okay. it's Montana. Oh. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> he finally spotted the little ewe down a draw. So he pulls off Highway 93 down a little dirt road, grabbed the little one, put the lamb in the cab right there in the front seat. It was a crew cab. He could have put him in the back. And took off back toward the ranch, which was about a half mile away. Uh, you notice I'm fascinated with the F-350. Anyway, yes, that's a one-ton. By the way, that's a one-ton truck. Yeah, it's a big one. Anyway, <laughs> as soon as the as soon as his tires hit the state highway, the red and blues start flashing in the rearview mirror, and Dale sensed maybe he was in trouble, but he didn't know why. He says, "What's the problem, Trooper?" And Officer Lincoln Vale said, "Well, nothing, but a felony, a felony. All I did was pick up my lamb," Eberling said, and said Trooper Vale. Tell it to the judge. And so Mr. Eberling was arrested. And before you ask, no, the charge was not theft. And so I ask you, case or no case? Oh, that's not. That's like that's like saying half the movie and telling us. I've I've told you enough. I've told you plenty. Told you plenty about the scenario. And uh, let's see, Denise. I do it. (laughs) (laughs) Since you got shut out last time, I thought you might like to go first. And so you didn't think that maybe I might like to go last. (laughs) We could do that, I suppose, but it's too late now. (laughs) Okay. All right. So he was arrested for not. Uh, putting the seatbelt over his young ooh. Oh, wait, what's a you? You. you. Mm-hmm. Oh, so the embraceable you was not <laughs> in the loving arms of a seatbelt. Uh, no, I, I. Let me think about it for yeah, just a second. Exactly. So he got pulled over. He put the. Ter- but, remember, it silly. was a felony. It was a felony. Was there any romantic music oh. playing? Yeah, the is there crickets going? Do you have crickets going? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, maybe there was, uh, you know. That, yeah, I'm driving in my car. <laughs> I turn on the radio. Yeah. I'm pulling yeah. you close, babe. <laughs> but you, you just say, no. Nah. No. 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 Oh, right. I knew. You were going to go. I should have known. You say you don't like it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. We digress. There's so much little funny things in here. Yeah. Montana, Delaware, K-O-F-Y, Sheepman. Why is he a radio Sheepman? No, no. I just said that's the home of K-O-F-Y radio. It's oh, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And then there's a F-350. I'm assuming that means a Ford, big, huge. Uh, One-ton pickup truck, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's off Highway thir- um, 93, and he grabbed Please. Okay, I'm just trying to figure out what the crime would be. <laughs> a felony. Um, you could pass. I. 
I can pass. I can't I don't know. pass. I, I pass. I, if I pass, I lose. <laughs> I just pass. Okay. Pass. Is that part of the rules? No. No. <laughs> okay, then I'm going to say that this is a case, and the um, <clears throat> you know what I heard? What? Sheep. The sheep man wins. Okay. All right. But so. you don't say why. What the issue was. What why he was pulled over is what you're saying. Um. I really wanted to hear from Todd first. <laughs> like, I'm an expert in this area. Mr. Penny, what say you? I know everything. That's why you should have called me first. Oh, sorry, you should have. I apologize. That's okay. Yeah. Let me tell you what's going on here. Please Cal- do. Calsbell, Montana, he's driving a big truck. He's got the U in the back of the pickup. It was illegal to carry a U in the back of the pickup. He should have had him in the back. And by the way, it was not his U. It was his neighbor's sheep. He thought it was his, and he accidentally picked it up, thinking it was his sheep, and he got arrested and said, tell the judge that that was your sheep when it really wasn't. It was your neighbor's sheep. And so it was a case, and that's what happened. I'm not quite sure what happens at the end. But it was the wrong sheep. Oh, so you're thinking it's a theft case. Oh, okay. It's a theft right. case because okay. he picked up his neighbor's sheep that was not – actually, it probably wasn't a sheep. It might have been a big, huge dog. Could have been a mountain goat there. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't sure Because they do was. have mountain goats up near there. That's it. It was the wrong sheep. All right. So, sheep. Mr. Cunin, what say you? Do you think it was a case or not a case? And if so, what would be the outcome or perhaps even the premise for the case? Didn't you specify as part of the case yes. setup that this was not a theft-related yes. offense? I did. Okay. Oh, then I'm so, also okay. – you, you right. But I can't. I can't, you know, I can't. I, I realize. What do you I want really, me to do I, here? I get that. I, I, get I, I know exactly what you should do. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, you, you think I should say no case, right? No. Uh, okay, what? No. what Don't tell I, him. What should oh, I do? Don't say anything. He said something that was uh, <clears throat> after I had. Answered. He said something that I feel gave it. Oh, eight five five law radio. What was that? No, what was it? So let, let me let me get this straight again. So how did he pull out on the road? What was your setup? No, he just went, found the sheep, pulled out onto the highway, and as soon as he pulled out, the the cop was right behind him, and boom, up come the lights, and you know that he, was it. He put him in the front seat. Yeah, in the front seat. Okay, right. put him in the front seat. I am going to say that he was arrested, and. He was arrested based upon the officer's misbelief. I'm just going to go out on a limb and, and talk about the elephant in the room. He, he, he thinks that there was a, uh, a romantic liaison between the guy in the F-350 and the sheep, and that's why he arrested him and what? said, tell it to the judge. It's all going to come out there. It's a, it would be a felony. It's the only felony I can think of. I can't think it would be anything else. So I think that he thinks something untoward between the human and the sheep was going on. What? Um, so and, like animal cruelty or something something going on. That's why he was pulled over and arrested. Tell it to the judge. But ultimately, I think the F-350 driver um, prevails because the officer was incorrect. Had enough reasonable suspicion to arrest or to detain, probable cause to arrest, but ultimately he is not convicted. Well, that's, is that what I I, did I get to say? Who was uh, at fault or who won? I didn't say that. You want me to say that or not? I'd like you to say that. I agree with Todd. No, he can't. He can't. We're going to be right back with Case or No Case. Is the sheep, what's the sheep deal? I don't know. This is bizarre. Hey, Hey, go ahead. Hey, call us at 855-529-7234. Stay tuned. More Radio Law Talk and the answer to Case or No Case coming right up. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. 
If you're one of those independent people who want your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and baling company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. Go to the website, radiolawtalk.com. You can listen to the show there, and there's a lot of other good information, too. That's radiolawtalk.com. Probably one of our most bizarre case or no cases is this second hour case or no case that Cal had brought up in uh, Calsbell, Montana. Gorgeous place. Uh, home of KOFY that will be carrying us soon because Cal's going to call him. That's my I'm being optimistic here. Uh, yeah, and there's a and there's a a, a, a sheep man that drives a Ford F350, which may be some hint that we didn't know about. A crew cab, by the way. Yeah, crew cab, and he ha- has lambs and sheep. And he's a sheep herder, and he and he lost one, and he f- drove and found it in a draw. Um, and picked this little lamb up and put it in his cab and started to drive off. And as he drove off, the police pulled him over and arrested him and said, he goes, what did I do? I didn't do anything. And they said, tell the judge that. So we have to know, was it a case? And if it was a case, <laughs> what the heck was he arrested for? Because it was a felony. Yeah. Now, uh, Mr. Coonan, yes. I'm just thinking of you know, this scenario. I'm thinking back to my Sunday school days and how it would be different if the parable went, which one of you having 100 sheep would leave the 99 right. and F- go hop find in your the F-350 yeah. and go find the one that... <laughs> well, and get arrested. And get arrested. Well, I... Uh... I have a different theory. Yeah. When he got on Highway 93, he got popped with a violation of the carpool lane. <laughs> <laughs> because you didn't qualify as a human. Well, uh, that's a good one, Denise. Thinking about that yeah, during the break. Good. Having been to Montana several times, I will promise you this: there's no carpool late in Montana no. <laughs> in the whole state. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Uh, okay, so yeah, Fred set up the premise perfectly. 
Uh, he said, all I did was pick up my lamb, Eberling said, and the trooper said, tell it to the judge, and he was arrested, and it was not theft. Fred said it was theft, so Fred gets a zero on this. Uh, I didn't hear the not theft, so well, I, No, no, I don't know. That's not true. I don't get a zero. Because if it, I said it was a case. Yeah. But it, So if it was a case. Cal, I get a point. Who says it's a case? Hands we all, up, please. We all said it's, it's a, case? a case. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, none of us. Oh. I am so sorry oh. for you. Oh. However, no points for you. However, however, in Montana, it is against the law and a felony to have a sheep in the cab of your truck without a chaperone. Now, it's one of those old, stupid laws that nobody's ever gotten repealed. But it was it's against the law to have a sheep in the cab of your truck without a chaperone. So I was pretty close. You were no. very close. You were uh, you almost had no, it. You I almost had it. If I would have said no, I'm <laughs> sorry. Todd was on the right he track. Was right there. Because he was, he right was saying, uh, uh, um, yeah. you can't have a sheep with you. Yeah. And so next hour, I'm going to take you to the great golden state of California. But that for now is. <sighs> Case or no case, no points for anyone. Why people don't want to play along with that, I don't know. Cal sure pulled the wool over our (laughs) eyes on that one. Hey, hey, hey. Good thing we didn't put any points at risk, guys. I know. Hey, Cal, that was bad. That was bad. (laughs) (laughs) I have the worst jokes. I speak with cloven hoof. No, wait, cloven tongue. Oh, never mind. Anyway, uh, so yeah, next hour, California. You'll you'll like the next. Hey, speaking of California, yes, admission scandal. So we have two parents, Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman, who are the most well-known of the submission scandal. And everybody knows what's going on out there. I'm sure they, they've they discussed it. But I'll just very briefly state, supposedly there's young men and women getting in colleges improperly because they're not on the rowing team. But if you pay enough money, they are on the rowing team or on the sailing team or on whatever team. Or if you pay enough money, they can apparently get their SATs or ACT scores changed or help with those to get better scores to get in these universities. So it's a big roundup of all these parents that supposedly, and again, it's all allegations. You have to remember that at Radio Law Talk, we're talking about stuff that is not finished they're just starting to, the defendants are now starting to make their arguments, um, and it's allegations. We truly believe in the phrase, innocent until proven guilty. And Denise, we have some very interesting things going on here. We do. We have a lot of conspiracy theory. So what is it? <laughs> so the issue is conspiracy, right? Tom? Conspiracy! So you know all about this. The big argument is that they all acted together for this one individual, and this individual's name is Rick Singer. Now, let me tell you about William Rick Singer. The interesting thing, when he was arrested, and apparently he's the mastermind of all this, of getting these rich kids into these top-of-the-line schools um, by, you know, getting onto teams they look they never even rode before or their ACT SAT scores being doctored or someone helping them with them or changing their answers etc 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 okay but the the funny thing is and it's not even funny but the interesting thing is when we this first came up what two three weeks ago when we mm-hmm. start talking about it my friend locally here at the high school brought in a letter and he handed it to me and he showed it because he listened to Radio Law Talk and it was a letter from the district saying about 
Well, Rick Singer, apparently he had been coming to, the, to right in this area where we live. He had come to some of the high schools and helped them, quote, get into some colleges. This was apparently what he did. That's for, what he did yeah. for a living. And he was basically, if you look on the outside, the, the system to get to a college is difficult sometimes. There's paperwork. There's all types of things you have to do and hoops to jump through. And that was his job is to yeah. help you through the process. Well, look, I think the first thing that we need to understand here is what is conspiracy? What are the elements of conspiracy? And there's, in essence, there are two requirements. The first is that two or more people, it can just be two. I mean, obviously, if it's one, you don't, unless you're schizophrenic, I guess, but uh, multiple personalities. (laughs) But, But if it requires two or more people are in agreement to commit a crime. Now, let's just stop right there. That's a bit misleading when I read that off of this, but you're in agreement to do an act that could constitute a crime. If you don't know it's a crime, that's not a defense. And and we're going to talk about that here later on with some of the defenses that are being raised by Lori Laughlin. I didn't I, I thought it was wrong, but I didn't know it was a violation of law. Tough. If you agreed to do something that is ultimately determined to be a crime, that's the first element of conspiracy. The second element is that all the conspirators or sometimes they're referred to as co-conspirators, must have the specific intent to commit the objective of the conspiracy. All right? They don't have to know all of the nuts and bolts and specifics of the entire plan. They have to but they do have to be in agreement on the ultimate objective of the conspiracy. In this case, it was to get the kids into school, right? right? right. So if you're all in agreement, if you are, if you agree with other people that we want to do something to get the kids in the school and, and we have this, and two, we agree that the ultimate plan is to get the kids into school, and as part of that, it involves violating of the law. Well, yeah, you're guilty of conspiracy, even if you didn't know all of the specifics of the plan. Okay, but how can you not know, Todd, that lying about your athletic ability, cheating on an SAT test, putting yourself in an unfair advantage primarily in state run institutions or state-funded institutions, how can you not have a clue that that somehow is a foul of the law? I mean, that's what I'm, that's what I keep, I keep going back to that point. How can you not know you're in the middle of a, of a crooked act? Well, according to Miss Laughlin, and, uh, you know, we could talk about this, but what she said, now this is the, this is the, Miss Laughlin is the one who had the daughters that were, that got into USC because they were part of the rowing team. I'm using the air quotes and they weren't really part of the rowing team. But what she said was, well, we thought we were doing something that was breaking the rules of the university, uh, but we didn't think we were violating the law. And, and, you know, that, look, it's common for people to, um, forget that if you're doing something that's violating the rules and then you're communicating over the wire or through the mail, well, now it becomes mail fraud. And yeah, you are violating the law. But the fact is, you know, I would say to uh, to Miss Laughlin, just because you didn't know it was violating the law, that's that's not a defense. Ignorance of the law is not a defense. I could not quote for you verbatim 
every law that's in the penal code. But I'm still liable for it if I, even inadvertently, break the law as long as I intended to do the act that broke the law. Yeah, I feel sorry for her because when she heard how many, she didn't plead, she pleaded not guilty, first of all. And when she oh, heard, she. Uh, Lori Laughlin, and when she heard that she was um, uh, up against multiple years behind bars, she went to her knees, cried, and she said, um, I just, I didn't, my husband feels like we're not guilty, and I pled not guilty. So I think she, her husband needs to step it up to the plate, to be honest with you. Well, again, uh, innocent until proven guilty, but I've got something to say about the interesting uh, things that they've been, that have been brought forth uh, about conspiracy, what they're indicted of, and what these oncologists, who is Amy and Gregory Colburn, and the husband's an oncologist, what their argument is and what they think they're gonna what's gonna happen and how they're gonna get off. We'll be right back and continue talking about the admission scandal. You're listening to Radio Law Talk on Radiolawtalk.com and your favorite radio station. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. All around the world, the world, this is radiolawtalk.com. Radio Law Talk. So the charges uh, were conspiracy to commit mail fraud, which you talked about. The other interesting, and wire fraud, the other interesting (laughs) one is uh, conspiracy to commit honest service fraud. Everyone's like, what is honest service fraud? Again, H-O-N-E-S-T, service fraud. That's depriving another of the intangible right of um, honest services. So in other words... The kids that didn't get in because these kids got in because there was issues of cheating or bribery, uh, supposedly, the allegations. That's what honest service fraud is. Also, conspiracy to commit money laundering, which is an interesting one because they're like, what do you mean money laundering? We didn't launder anything. Uh, And a couple uh, has pled, that's Amy and Gregory Colburn, he is an oncologist, have pled not guilty. They're not the the big, you know, high profile, uh, you know, uh, individuals uh, like Lori Laughlin or Felicity Huffman, but but they are coming in and they're arguing Todd. And Todd, by the way, those of you who don't know, is a former prosecutor for the district attorney's office in California and in Tennessee and is now a criminal defense lawyer. They are arguing, look, there was no conspiracy here. So, so let's look at the, the first question I had at first blush is money laundering. Money, I mean, when I think money laundering, I think drug dealers that are trying to find a way of legitimizing their money, breaking bad, all that kind of stuff. But then it occurred to me when I looked at this is, look, if money is changing hands, and let's say you have, hypothetically, a coach who is setting aside two of his or her uh, scholarship spots for folks that aren't on the rowing team to take those spots and maybe a coach is getting paid or doing something. There's got to be a way that whoever is on the receiving end of that money gets it and they're able to make it look like legitimate income because they got to cash a check sometime. They got to do something. And, and look, Laughlin was accused of paying upwards of 500,000 bucks for this. That's a, that's a, you know, it's better than a poke in the eye with a hot stick. That's a lot of money. Okay. Okay. 
And so the money laundering could very well be related to how did they make the money look legitimate coming from Laughlin and, and other people that were accused and making it to the ultimate recipient. That's yes. where it comes and from. And what they did, and this also invo- involves tax evasion, mm-hmm. um, because what they did, what Singer did, the guy at the heart of this, he set up a charitable company, and it was a nonprofit. And the monies, much of the monies, not all of them, but much of the monies went into that nonprofit, and then it was dispersed out to these different um, helpers in the conspiracy for, for what you mean. So the parents could write it off as a donation to right. nonprofit. Right, and the ones that did write it off, they're in, they are now charged with not just money laundering, but they're in addition charged with tax evasion, because if they wrote it off on their taxes, they didn't pay as much taxes as they should have paid because this was not legitimate. So let's go back to conspiracy. Let's go back to those elements that we talked about. All right, There's two elements. One, two or more people agree to commit a crime or to do the acts that would uh, result in a crime. And then the second is that the co-conspirators all have the specific intent to commit the objective of the conspiracy. Well, let's look at the money laundering. Did two or more people agree that money would be paid and that somebody would be would receive that money so that these kids could get into school? Answer, ostensibly, yes. Now, the evidence that the people are going to have to prove in this case are that Lori Laughlin specifically um, you know, made a donation, knew she was making a donation, and that this wasn't for something legitimate. She was going to have to do that. The second thing is, did Lori Laughlin agree with the entity to whom she was paying the money? Did Was she in agreement that this was ultimately so that her kids could get into the school? Yes. So there's an agreement in the overall objective of the conspiracy. In that regard, conspiracy is pretty much proven as long as they can prove the underlying elements of the offense, which is uh, Monday laundering, what was it, uh, procurement of honest services, that was, what would you, what'd you say that was, Fred? Yeah, uh, fraudulent, wasn't it? Fra- fraudulent. Yeah, fraudulent, basically, to make a long story short, not allowing other kids to get in, it's called honest services fraud. Now, there's some statements that have been made on behalf of Lori Laughlin, in particular, that I don't believe are wise, but I also question whether the prosecutor can even use it against her. So, you know, this is in articles, there have been, quote, sources who have said things on behalf of Huffman, but they don't identify the source. Not Huffman. Or not Huffman, but uh, Laughlin. They don't identify the source. Um, but if they're ever able to identify the source, and, and they can find this source, and this course source can say, horse, this source can say, I heard it from Laughlin then prosecutors going to have the ability to overcome the hearsay objection and this statement would come in specifically the statement that they didn't they knew that they were violating the rules but they didn't think that they were violating the law you know that's a bad statement for Laughlin now was that a statement or what someone alleges somebody said? kind it, of it was it was a source that was attributing it to her right now. So it's not no, as, no evidence of it. As it stands right now, prosecutors could not use this article that we're reading this from and say, this is what Laughlin said, because they don't have it attributed. But if the if the prosecution was able to find out 
who made the statement, and they interview that person, and that person says, yes, I heard that direct quote directly from Lori Laughlin, then they can call that person as a witness to come in and testify, and that comes in as an exception to the hearsay what, rule. That's right. Not good. I was wanting to talk about the evidentiary objection, exactly. Yes. What article, because you're, you're mentioning this article, you should at least uh, mention Yes, this is from um, Fox News. Okay. It's The article is titled, Lori Laughlin Felt Manipulated in College Admissions okay. Scandal. Didn't think she broke the laws. Wow. You know, and there's another quote in here that I found that was interesting, is where the source says, they, referring to Laughlin and her husband, realize how serious the charges are, but feel that once the judge hears their story, he will see that they had no bad intentions. This is a common plea for criminal defendants, and you don't realize that to a certain extent, to a large extent, it's not the judge's call. A judge sitting in can't look at this and go, oh, you didn't realize you were breaking the law? Okay, well, I'm just going to dismiss the case now. I'm just No judge is going to do that. Absent an actual preliminary hearing where the judge is determining whether or not the prosecution has enough evidence to take this to trial, which, oh, by the way, at a preliminary hearing, the judge isn't going to care that... Oh, they didn't think they were breaking the law? Okay, I'm going to ignore all of this evidence, okay? So the judge isn't going to dismiss it there. The judge isn't going to dismiss it in any of the pretrial conferences where you're going over discovery. That's not what those are for. The judge just can't come in and do that except one instance, and that is if you agree that this case can't be heard by a jury and will be heard by a judge just sitting as the trier of fact, which, by the way, that means you're going to go do a full-blown trial. Judges just don't come in They're not and dismiss cases. Yeah. yeah, they want the jury to hear it. Exactly. Yes. That, that, is, that is, look, the Constitution protects the right to a trial by jury. That trial exists for both the defendant and the accused, but has been deemed to be a right on the part of the prosecution as well. And judges very rarely, if ever, go in and short-circuit that. So let me let me take another step. Sure. What's your opinion, and this is 855-LAW-RADIO or tweet us at Radio Law Talk if you want to call in, but uh, I, I know a lot of people don't want to be on the radio. I get it. I don't like being on the radio myself unless I'm on the radio by myself with you guys. Here's the point. The point is, what happens if someone walks in with 100000 or a million dollars and says, I want my kid to get in, and I will put a million five into a new engineering building to help out all students but I want special preference for my child. By the way, this happens a lot. Now, these people who put these big endowments up, the argument is, good, it helps everybody in the community, all the students. Why not let their kid get in with these millions of dollars of endowments? Why not? Really quickly, I would say that in that scenario, the school is being enriched. Everybody knows what's going on. It's all above board. And the person or the entity being enriched by that is the school. In the Laughlin case. And the students, too. In in the Laughlin case, the people being enriched by the payment of the money first was below board, under the table. And it was everybody other than the entity and the school being enriched. Everybody was lining their own personal pockets. I think that's the difference. And I think that's a great 
topic for some other time, and that's why I wanted to bring that up, because a lot of people say, oh, the rich people that are throwing money and their kids shouldn't get in. I don't know. That's another issue. We'll be right back. Third hour. I'm Fred Penny, your host of Radio Law Talk. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.